This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name's Dan Rowance and I'm joined from a different location with a fairy like back in town, Matt Kendrick. <laughs> Matt, how's things? I'm all right, Matt. I've just walked through the door, so I'm a little bit, um, I don't know what I am, just as ill-prepared as ever, I suppose. But um, yeah, it keeps going on, doesn't it? The, the, the success story keeps rolling. Yeah, the Emery train rolls into town once again, and it's ten unbeaten now. Five home, five consecutive home wins. Now, there was a period where we were all talking about, oh, we need to swat our home form. Well, tick, he's done that as well. Five clean sheets at home, which again, that seems like a, a, a crazy stat. Really, I think it's the first time we've won five home games since like nineteen ninety three. There's been like loads of good stats like floating around this evening after tonight's win. The only team in Premier League history to score in the first twenty games of a manager's. Uh, first twenty games, so yeah, just really, really feel good. A uh, feel good factor about the whole thing at the moment, and despite the the performance tonight not being the most convincing ever, it's another three points with fifth in the league, and, and we'll talk about about all that this evening. We are going to say a strict kind of half an hour cut off tonight because it's eleven o'clock. It's Tuesday. We've both got work in the morning. You've got family asleep. I've got family asleep. I've got a baby asleep. Uh, so we'll keep it short. We'll keep it brief. I wasn't there tonight. You were. First thing I want to just get into very quickly: atmosphere. What did you think? I thought it was. I thought it was decent. I thought what what's what's been introduced or reintroduced lately is just throwing in occasional player chance. You know, I've said it before, haven't we? Keep keep it simple. You know, give it, make it one sentence so that the, so everyone can read the words and or can remember the words and understand the words. So, you know. Obviously, Toro Ming's got a little bit of love with his chant, Ashley Young, when he got taken off um, mm. towards the end. Um, John McGinn. Um, I thought it was a night for the left-footers, actually. I, yeah. thought, um, I thought Mings, McGinn. Well, the left-footed M's, Mings, McGinn, Moreno again. Um, it was just this this Emory team just found, finds new ways. Not new ways, but finds ways to win. Uh, you know, Fulham had a little hurrah, probably... You know, the, you watched it, didn't you? <laughs> I did watch between, it. Yeah. Between you know, from seventy, you know, from seventy minutes for ten or fifteen minutes, but never really, you know. I, I don't think we, we, other than the one when they stuck the ball in the net and the linesman took an absolute <laughs> age to roll it off. I thought it was. I thought I, I thought it was a controlled performance, even with with Villa players putting six and sevens out of ten, rather mm. than the eights or nines that we, that we saw last time at Villa Park. Yeah, I think the way the game started, I think it was Pereira going for the acrobatic kick 20 seconds in or something. I was thinking, oh Christ, what are we in for this evening? What's this going to be? Is this the end of the run? Apart from that though, like you said, the offside goal, which was clearly offside, they offered absolutely nothing and looked happy to lose 1-0. You know, we, cut, we scored after 20 odd minutes and you thought, well, that's it. That's game over. Fulham aren't going to offer anything after that. I think if Mitrovic is still playing, you still think, well, there's a threat there, there's a presence don't feel like they've got that with 
Dan James kind of floating about up front is, is to- a totally different prospect. Villa, I've seen a few, a few, a few comments just before you joined. People kind of, the stream was ready to go and the people getting involved already saying it's kind of a game of two halves and, and that kind of thing and the kind of style over substance, which we'll talk about in a sec. First off, we didn't have to get out of second gear, is, is how I saw it, or first gear. Went through the motions and controlled it, got our goal from, from set piece. That the goal came off two or three corners in a row, and after that, we didn't have to do anything. People are kind of going, "Oh, we look tired, we look sloppy, blah blah." blah in the second half, and how we kind of fell away, and there's maybe concerns there that we've kind of got to the peak of right. We've got ten games and beating now. It's Man United up next, and we look like we're on the we're coming down from from a, a good run. I see that as jobs done at half time. We don't really have to do anything in the second half. I, I don't. I don't feel any. If Fulham score early on, of course, I think we kind of go up the gear a little bit then. But because there's no threat from Fulham, really, we didn't have to do anything else in the second half apart from see the game out, win, and move on. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. We're still asking the same players to to go back and do it most mm. weeks. To be honest, so. There's going to be a it's fall like off easy in the second half. Then, <laughs> well, there's going to be a fall off in there is going to be a fall off in, in intensity. But the fact that that we can contend with that and we can cope with that, and even when these games where we, you know, not as lively and the, and the tempo is not as high, we can still manage manage the games out. Is is a massive thing to the bow, and you know, don't want to hark back hark back too much about what what came before Emery. But you remember that when we played them away compared yeah. to compared to that that game tonight and we've said it before there's only been slight tweaks in terms of personnel um but in terms of philosophy in terms of confidence and in terms mm-hmm. of villa not only being able to win football matches but being able to win football matches on their terms it's it's remarkable and fulham looked you know fulham as well okay they're not the newcastle team that came you know a fortnight ago or whatever and and challenging at the at the real top end of the table but they're a they're a team that's been tucked away fairly comfortably mid-table for for, for a lot of the season mm. and we made them look really average um just by like you said doing enough stamping our mark and you you're exactly right that corner came as a result of about five or six in a row and I thought the delivery from McGinn for the goal obviously yeah. was brilliant but Ahead of that as well, we're actually delivering balls with with a little bit bit of whip. And um, so I'm, <laughs> I thought I was going to say that like um, Stewie Griffin there um, <laughs> for all your Family Guy fans out there. Um, but yeah, he was he was what, what what's not to like? To be honest, mm-hmm. you know, we, we turn up at Villa Park and expect to win, and not only Can do we park and expect to win, we actually win. Um, <laughs> You know, if I was Villa, I'd put the season ticket prices up on the back of this. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Uh, if we're saying let's have a half an hour limit, we can't talk about season tickets tonight. We'll do it another time. Um, yeah, it's just I, I was kind of I was obviously working tonight. I watched it from home, so I was doing a couple of notes as I went through. I like the kind of uh, you know I love a narrative. The parallels between this game and the away game, Stephen Gerrard's last game, the podcast that we do on the night kind of waiting going let's just keep going because we might be sacked at some point and then it happens I've just googled the the result there while you were talking and the first picture that comes up is McGinn walking off with his head in his hands kind of the transformation he's had since then as well it's probably been man of the match tonight or one of the contenders at least and his game has risen dramatically under Emery as well 
Douglas Louise getting sent off that night and I think he got man of the match by um, BT tonight. I don't, I don't think I fully agree with that, but still, I was like, well, he's sent off in that game, man of the match in this. Tyreming scored an own goal in that game. He scores the winner tonight. Like Some nice parallels between the two games to go, that was this season that we were humiliated at Craven Cottage and Stephen Gerrard walks off, head in his hands, hand in his pockets and gets sacked. You know, Emery goes, 20 minutes against these for the first half, we'll beat them and then take our foot off the gas for the rest of the game. No, that won't be the way they do it internally to go, oh, let's just take it easy. But that's the way it looks from the outside looking in that we can do enough in, in the first half to beat Fulham, wipe our hands of it and go again on Sunday now against Man United. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I mean, it's only um, harking back to that night again. Then when we we stayed up late because we we just sensed that <laughs> that something could happen in terms of Gerard get, getting sacked. If you'd have said to me, or I'd have said to you, you know, oh, don't worry about this. It'll all be, you know, we'll our savior, our savior from Spain will arrive. Um, whether he arrives in a Lamborghini and Christian Perslow gets him, we, we don't know, but he'll arrive. And not only will can we forget any worries about relegation, but we're gonna have the best. We're gonna have the best season that we've had since O'Neill. Probably even eclipse that. I mean, where are mm-hmm. we points tally wise now? From we're on, on fifty four now. So just as we were starting, somebody uh, retweeted a tweet that was uh, I don't know a few few weeks ago, maybe like a you know supercomputer predicts the end of the season. It, it got Villa in seventh on fifty four points, which is obviously how many points we've got now with five games left to go. So we're eclipsing even the. You know, the supercomputers were predicting Villa to maybe finish in the top eight with, with mid-50s. We're even going to do better than the AI predicted us to do, if that makes sense. Like football manager couldn't even predict how well Emery was going to do. Uh, so, yeah, 54 points at the moment, five to play. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? If you'd have, if you'd have suggested anything like that back back on the day that that, that saw Stephen Gerrard fall over the edge, you know, it's it's it's... it's not, I don't think even Tom Hanks would have accepted that script, mate, to be honest. He's just so so unrealistic. And he's done Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it's, it's remarkable. And it, it, even like tonight wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thrill a minute. But no, even, even during the night, tonight was probably a lull. Saturday was probably a lull. But mm. we've still kept this remarkable m- momentum going. Um, I'm just looking, I'm just trying to, to look back through the last time we finished sixth under O'Neill, how many points? About, did about 61 or something like that, 62 off the top of my head. 64 points we finished with. Mm. So another that. 10 points and five. I mean, I saw a stat earlier that Emery's on now 2.1 points a game as an average. So five games left on that average, we'll get another 10 points Yeah, at least. That puts us on 64. You know what? what's ridiculous about it as well, that we're saying this, and we kind of secretly believe that it's possible. You know, mm. that's that's amazing, isn't it? To think that we can we can get ten points out of the out of the the remaining fifteen, and we're not being fanciful. We think we yeah. and the teams that we're playing against 
along the way, and we still yeah. think we're capable of it. And we might not, you know, we might we might fall short, but this season can't be seen as falling short, can it? It can just be seen as, you know, we, we've said it before, Dan, haven't we? We've said it. I think it was um, during the during the swirling of relegation for a couple of seasons. It was we want our Villa back. We want our Villa back. We got it back now, and we got it back, and then some, haven't we? Really. Um, so yeah, I, it's probably. I don't know. I'm running out of new things to say because the match tonight it wasn't that particularly that action packed. To me, it's the wider context of of how this transformation has happened and how far we can take it, not only this season, but beyond, really. Me and John did an episode yesterday where we, put, where we predicted the end of the season for the, the teams involved in the running. And we were saying for Villa, you need probably four wins out of the, the remaining six to stand a chance of qualifying for Europe, whether that's Conference League or Europa League. We were saying if we don't beat Fulham tomorrow, as obviously we were recording it yesterday, this podcast like instantly dies straight away because like tomorrow is at least the one you kind of go as a. I mean, there's no games a banker, but out of the six, Fulham was the easiest game left, being the home tie. Wolves is the second easiest in terms of league position, but we don't have a great record at Molyneux. And I've just seen something. I think they've won six out of eight at Molyneux under uh, Lopetegui, so that's not going to be easy either. But I'm not scared of anybody. In that running, whoever we play, you think we score in every game. We have a, we have, you know, we we've got our style of play. We know what we do. Everyone's got their own role. The only thing that would concern me slightly towards the back end of the running is if we're playing these same eleven players every single week, we're one injury away from it all kind of blowing up in our faces. That would concern me a little bit. But until that happens and touch wood, it doesn't. Let's just keep going and keep riding the wave because I, I feel like we can beat anybody. We, there's no, we're not going to win the next five, but you kind of go. We might, and that's that's a weird, great position to be in. Yeah, and even listen, I'm not not saying that the man's a magician, but even you say one injury away, we thought that injury was Kamara. Yeah, we've lost, we've lost Matty. We're in the bare bones now, though. <laughs> no, I know, I know. There's not a great deal, you know, if you scratch beneath the surface. But I think I think the, one of the key things tonight, and you touched on on the atmosphere earlier, is that I think the. Obviously, the players have learned the Emery way very quickly. Mm. Uh, and it was interesting that Fulham didn't really press that high. They gave gave Martinez and, and Mings and, and, and Cons for a little bit of time to... But on the, there's one occasion where I think Dan James in the second half... No, it must have been the... I think it must have been the first half, actually. did press. And then, bang, Villa just opened them up. Straight away, a couple of quick passes, and away they go again. And I think the players are obviously obviously used to it, but I think the fans are getting more and more conditioned to it now. So there's, I think there's a crossing opportunity for. I think it might have even been McGinn, um, and he just hesitated slightly, cut back inside again, played a ball back to whoever whoever was inside him, and eventually that ball went back to Martinez, and mm-hmm. Villa started again. Now. Even as recently as a month ago, that would have that would have brought groans. But we can see it now. We can see, okay, that wasn't perfect opportunity for him to deliver the ball. So Villa manoeuvred the ball. Okay, they went the scenic route round, but they maintained possession. And mm. I think it is it is a case of us being being educated. And obviously, the more things are proven to be correct and the right way of doing it, that's a pretty good way of winning people over. But I got yeah. the sense of that a little bit more tonight. Mm. Oh. 
I want to talk about Steve McManaman in a minute. You obviously won't have listened to him because you were at the stadium, but we love a moment about a co-commentator on this show. But I've had a couple of tweets. I think it's John who, who said about the atmosphere recently and is a big fan of the show because I've seen he's kind of catched up on all our recent episodes. I'm sure it's a John. Um, and he was saying that like atmosphere doesn't necessarily have to be singing and dancing and clapping and shouting and screaming. Sometimes it can be understanding and patience and, and not kind of, not that you're going to distract the players from what they're doing by being rowdy, but knowing and understanding what's going on, not being groany and moany is atmosphere in a way, if you know what I mean. It's contributing yeah. to the overall kind of mood of the day. Don't get involved in the city kind of moans and, and groans when it goes backwards because you've got to understand if you've watched Villa recently, this is what we do. And eventually it will lead to something where in a blink of an eye, we're at the other end of the pitch scoring a goal. That's the whole point. Yeah, it's about trying to get those laboratory, perfect laboratory conditions for to mm. to incubate what, what Emery's trying to do, basically. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you're right, support can be just be patient. And other times support can be, right, make a, make a hell of a racket here because we really need yeah. to kind of force the issue. And it's... It is. It's 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 an education, um, but so far I think I think you know I said a moment ago didn't know having our Villa back. I think we're all invested in it. I think mm. the players have cl- clearly bought into it, and you know a special word for um, for Mings today. I know we got the goal, um, but I think he's. It might be based on the evidence of one match, but. I think he's becoming a better ball playing centre half than people give him credit for. And yeah. some of the ways he was, I thought he was better in terms of feeding um, Alex Moreno, um, Moreno tonight. And just using the outside of his left boot to kind of find spaces, you know, between the lines to, to send him down, down the left flank. And, you know, he's not afraid. We've been, we've been brought up on Tyrone Ming's, punting long balls mm. uh, to a striker who may or may not challenge for them and, and, and win them uh, over the last four or five years. But he can play. He yeah. genuinely can play. And concert are alongside him. I don't think they gave too much away today. But a lot of what Emery's asking them to do, asking the team to do, starts with those two. Um, and I'm seeing, seeing extra confidence on the ball from them both. Sam Martinez as well. You could say that maybe the one thing that was lacking in his game... To kind of say that it's the world's best goalkeeper has got something lacking is from us <laughs> again makes it sound stupid, but being being comfortable with his feet was probably the the weakest point of his game and something that you didn't really want to rely on too much. The improvements he's made since Emery's been here has, has probably gone under the radar a little bit as well. Do you think? He's always, yeah, been, so. I mean, he's always good, been good at like coming out and clearing the danger and like winning a header on the edge of his area or something. But like that composure, I suppose, maybe more so is the point. Yeah, I just think it plays. He, he must love this because yeah. he, he likes to wind up opposition up. So if he's been encouraged to hang on to the ball <laughs> yeah. as often and as possible and to tempt somebody into, you, you yeah. know, you can imagine him, what's he, like piggy in the middle or something like that? And you can mm-hmm. imagine him kind of, you know, taunting taunting uh, opposition players like that. But uh, this is um, a really random thing to say, but, on Saturday, don't don't ask me why or how, but I found myself in the away end at Trafford FC uh, in the outskirts of Manchester. How and, why? Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. But basically, <laughs> so we, we were in the Runcorn. We we're amongst the Runcorn fans, 
and um, the Runcorn fans have got this chant that when they've got possession, you've probably heard it elsewhere or non-league, when they've got possession, they're singing, we've got the ball, we've got mm. the ball. And when they lose possession, we've lost the ball, we've got the ball, we've got the ball. <laughs> I thought it'd be great to bring it back to Villa, but the way that we're playing with possession at the moment, we'd only have one version of it, wouldn't it? Um, what was it? Why was I there? Oh, I went, I went on a, a lads um, football weekend in Manchester. And nice. probably put the wrong weekend. I probably should have gone up this weekend when Villa were actually there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the mighty uh, Runcorn Linnets won their playoff game today. So uh, well in. we'll keep an eye out for them. There's not really much to say about Aston Villa versus Fulham is my kind of feeling from tonight because it's not that it's irrelevant, but just, it felt John texted me actually at half time saying that this feels like a testimonial. And I was like, yeah, it's probably Ashley Young's. <laughs> He's holding off for it. Yeah. It had that kind of vibe to it that just Villa were in control in the first half. And I thought, my, my initial thought was this will be 2 or 3-0 by full time. I didn't expect it to still be 1-0 because the second half was different. But again, like I said earlier, that to me just felt like, oh, we don't really have to do any more than that. We can take our foot off the gas a bit. We're playing a lot of games. There's five big games coming up. We're playing <coughs> the same, same starting eleven pretty much because there's nobody else. So we have to. Nobody get injured. Nobody do anything silly. Don't get yourself sent off. Don't get caught up in it. Fulham aren't offering anything really. Let's just go through the motions and see the game out. I think some fans will see that as being, why weren't we ruthless? Why couldn't we go and score the second and third and kill the game off? But I just don't think we have to. And we've seen enough evidence under Emery so far to just go, well, <laughs> what we're doing is working. So if they feel like 1-0 against Fulham is enough, yes, obviously you always want, want more goals. But you know what I mean? I just felt like it was comfortable and it was job done and there's no point kind of going into it too much. Yeah, it's quite a skill to have. Like I said, if you if you've got yeah, a, professional, yeah, if you, if you can win games where I, mean, I don't know, I don't don't dig people out. I thought Watkins was a little bit quiet um, yeah. today. Um, you know, I thought like I said, I thought McGinn did well, Mings did well, um, Ramsey in in flashes and in bits. So if we can, if we if we're saying that we've we've won a game, won another game. And I think with the exception of Man City, we are the form team. Mm. Uh, we remain the form team of the division. And we can do that. And our squad is so tight. And they've had to go through a complete learn a new new philosophy. And the fans have had to learn a, a new new philosophy. Uh, and the games are coming thick and fast. And we've had to be carrying a couple of couple of key injuries. You know, mm. let's not forget the players that we signed last summer, Kamara and, and, and Carlos, not involved. Yeah, in well, Carlos not all season hardly, and and so what a wonderful place to be. Where our worst complaint tonight is that we thought we we should have won two 0 rather than one. We gave the rest of the league a three month head start. Someone in the comments just put there, and we're still fifth. Yeah, and the job that Emery's done is incredible, and we've talked about it. You could rewind back to any of the podcasts over the last few weeks, and we're we're saying the same things, which is why when we're doing these live, I feel like I'm tripping myself up a bit because I, I kind of don't want to repeat myself, but nothing's changing because we keep doing the same things and we keep picking up results. And if we get something against Man United on Sunday, we'll come on and go, well, Villa's doing everything right and I've done, got this style of play. And it's just, this is what Villa is now. This is this is the norm. This isn't a, a blip of three or four games. This is what we're going to be for the foreseeable future. So we probably need to work on our <laughs> vocabulary of how we describe games because we can't just keep saying, Emery's good, isn't he? Because it's, it's deeper than that. Well, yeah, and I think it's beyond that. These players are good, aren't they? 
yeah, yeah. These, these players are good at, at, at putting into practice Emily's plans, aren't they? You know, this is a massive, massive generalisation, but I reckon a lot of that squad, or certainly the starting eleven, I don't know about doubled in value, but this would have certainly had a massive increase in in value over the last six or seven months because, you know, McGinn was the question marks, can he do it in the Premier League? And that, and now he's the all-action John McGinn, who we, we, we all know and love. And, you know, Mings was being written off, but people can see that not only can he defend, but he can he can play. We signed Moreno for what was it in the end? 13, 14 million 13, quid? I think. It's got to be worth twice that. So, yeah. you know, it's... Like you say, you just run out. Of it. I mean, it's uncharted territory. This Dan yeah. podcast podcast didn't really exist when Villa used to be good. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know. Yeah, and we've not seen anything like this. You know, I know. But I, I, mean, I say we. I to come on five live and talk sport. I don't get paid to come on here. <laughs> and I say we. I meant like people of my age of like O'Neill was the time that we were anywhere near this level of the Premier yeah. League and like the start I said at the start the first time we've won five home late, home league games in a row since 1993 how many people watching this weren't even born then like, the I, fact I that think, we've not won five games in a row at home since then is that's a crazy state in itself but I think we're exerting more control over games than we were under the O'Neill oh, during the O'Neill era with I wouldn't say with lesser players but these players are less established and earlier in their journeys than than yeah. the players there. That's that's a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, a lot of that was about counter attack, wasn't it? And hitting hitting teams on the break on the break with pace from Young and Gabby, and you know, there some great technical players in there as well. But the style of play was was totally different. Somebody actually suggested, like you know, we're doing these podcasts where we kind of take a generic story or kind of something that isn't match related. Somebody messaged me saying like you should do like comparisons between like a combined 11 of the O'Neill side and the Emery side and like, you know, face the players off each against each other and like, which side was better, the team that won the cup in 96 or the team that did whatever in whatever year. But actually, he has to defend against himself. Yeah, possibly. He gets into both sides, doesn't he? Yeah, on that. Um, just on the style of the substance thing very quickly, I tweeted during the game, actually, I was going to say, we'll talk about Steve McManaman as well, but it's off the same tweet. I'll put Steve McManaman's doing my head in. And Wayne replied to me and said, and by the way, I respect anyone's opinions who are different than me and Wayne had a, had a chat, so I think we're amicable about it. He said, players are doing mining, pathetic effort. And I put, us, nah, you've just got to get out, you've only got to get out of first gear because Fulham are so poor. We've not been the best, but we haven't had to be. And he said, he said, well, that's a positive spin. There's no quality shown at all. I said, we're winning and we're fifth. I don't really care. That might be an unpopular opinion. But I don't care. Do you care? Oh, we've talked about this before, so I know you don't. You've been to Villa Park tonight expecting to win. We've won. We've won five home home games in a row, five home clean sheets in a row. We've lost four games under Emery out of 20. We're unbeaten in 10. Ollie Watkins hasn't scored in the last couple, but has been scoring for fun. We're now fifth in the league. I don't really care how the we could If we win all the other games, in the we win the next five games in the Premier League, exactly like we did tonight. Are we going to be complaining about that because it didn't show quality? Just win, 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 win. My biggest headache tonight was trying to get the wrapper off of Werther's original, and if that if that's your biggest challenge, Christ, that's old, isn't it? Things are going right. <laughs> Honestly, I made a right mess of it. It's like you've ever seen Arsene, Arsene Wenger trying to do a do a position. Yeah, it's like that. it was it was like that, mate. I couldn't I couldn't find it. I nearly hit it with the wrapper in the end, but um, yeah, old man's problems. That is what did McManaman say? Then was he just generally annoying? 
it's yeah, just general annoyance, annoyancenesses, <laughs> annoyances. Um, just like the commentary as a whole, I put again, I got a little bit of my notes, but a couple of things obsessed with us going backwards, so they clearly haven't watched us. It's kind of repeated emphasis that Emery has long meetings, and they the Ollie Watch, Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins, Ollie Watkins fish tank story, and it's just like. I wasn't there tonight, so I was watching on TV. And it's nice being on telly when you're not there because you still get to see it properly and whatnot. But when we've talked about going under the radar and like the, the national media and the, the broadcasters not giving us credit, it's just like the same old tropes come out every time. It's like, oh, D- Dean Smith signed Ollie Watkins from Brighton. And did you know he's got him a fish tank when he signed? It's like, Christ, how many times have we got to hear that from Sky Sports or B2? McManaman and moaning about us playing around the back. It's like, well, he's clearly not watched us under Emery then, basically. There was a point when Ashley Young was like on the halfway line and he was like, God, I hope he doesn't pass it backwards here. And he did go long and I think he went to the keeper or out for a goal kick and he went, Christ, I wish he had I wish he had just played it backwards there. It's like this obsession about, oh, they've got to go longer, they've got to get it into feet, they've got to get Watkins involved more. And that is a point, yes, Watkins did need to be involved more. But the reason we play around the back is, well, we all know, but just quite this kind of over-generalisation of, oh, they're just dilly-dallying around at the back. It's like, you clear the, the the wider people than the pundits. They've clearly not watched Villa enough to know that that's what we are. Yeah, well, that's probably, a little bit frustrating when you're watching it on TV. If they're digging out the old um, fish tank story and stuff like that, they've probably just been given a fact sheet with a bag. Yeah, that's what I mean. And it's like, did you know your Emery has these long video meetings, these long video analysis meetings? Some players fall asleep and they like, oh god, I just think of something. You want to I'll tell you what you should do. You should do a graphic for commentator bingo. For yeah, the next that's time. what it feels like, yeah. Next time we're on the telly, do a do a commentator bingo grid. Um, yeah. But in terms of... Um, listen, I, I can get it from the commentator's point of view because they're not bothered about Aston Villa well, yeah, exactly. winning that game and climbing the league. They're there for the entertainment of themselves and for the, for the, hmm. the viewing public. I don't care whether we wow everybody who's coming to watch us. If we beat all... All opponents in front of us it doesn't matter. So, mm. mute button, mate. Get the mute button. Yeah. Somebody in the comments there just says, and this will be the last point. He said, disagree with the just win sentiment that hides problems by us later. Yes, we have to win, but not at the sake of playing poorly and relying on dumb luck. If that was Steven Gerrard still as manager, I would fully agree and say, yes, we are just relying on a moment here and there in a game and playing poorly, but, but kind of a smash and grab kind of game. Playing poorly in today, I feel, is, is what I've said throughout, that we, we just didn't have to play any better than we did. It's not that we were were poor because you said you know, five, five out of ten, six out of ten. We just didn't have to do any more to beat Fulham. I think if we were playing a better opponent and Fulham did score, we'd suddenly go, right, OK, we need to kind of kick ourselves up the backside and, and go again kind of thing. So, yeah, for me, just keep winning. I don't think it is a case of playing poorly. We're going to have the old game in a 10-match un, unbeaten streak where we don't blow somebody away. But as long as we're still picking up points and ticking along, that's fine by me. Because we've got five games left and we will play well in three or four of those games. Yeah, well, we had a 10-game winning streak that got us into Premier League in the first place. I don't remember it being swaggering every single week. Some of it was, but not always. Good performances in there, but there's also some ones where we just had to do a professional job. Uh, Yeah, yeah, listen, I think it's harsh if if we, we, we pick holes in... That Aston Villa performance tonight, knowing yeah. that, knowing that these game these players are having to do the same. You know, we are fifth and really kind of you know in a place where we can shake things up with clubs all around us who have much deeper squads. Many of them have much greater experience of being in that, the top echelons 
of yeah. the Premier League. So if sometimes there's going to be some little wrinkles in the plan and we're not blowing teams away, then so be it. Yeah. Look at the look at the table. Joseph says that was Arsenal tonight in the same game, BT or Sky. I call it a title-winning performance to control the game from the back. Yeah, it's exactly that. The narrative is different when it's a, a flashier club, isn't it? Just keep doing what we're doing under the radar. It's absolutely fine by me. Um, you know, like we said, we're fifth. We're good. We've picked up so many points under Emery. It's, it's almost ridiculous. Five games left. We are kind of going, getting ahead of ourselves. You know, where are we going to finish? How many points are we going to get? But it is one game at a time and you go to Man United on Sunday and Yes, we've not got a great record there despite winning there last season. Was that last season? The Courtney Hawes one? Feels like a lifetime ago. It was last season, yeah. Um, but you still think, oh, it's Man United, you know, what are they going to be like? But you're then the kind of new, I suppose that's like the old Aston Villa fan mentality in me now to go, oh, it's Man United. Like, they'll always get something, they'll always get a penalty or whatever. The new side of me thinks, but we've got Unai Emery now. We're Aston Villa that score in every game. We'll go to Man United and give them a game. and if we beat them, I think we'll be three points behind them and you suddenly go, oh my God, are we, are we on, on, on the charge for the Champions League? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's madness to be even in having these conversations at this point in the season. So, yeah. Um, have you got the unicycle ready? Don't, mate. Because every time, every time we, we win another game, my stomach tightens because I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I'm going to crush my testicles on it, mate. That's, honestly, I don't, I don't mind banging my head or, you know, when I practice, and let's face it, we're going to make Europe, I think. Yeah. So when I have to practice this, because you'll make me practice it, you'll you'll probably make me wear a GoPro and stuff like that. Yeah. I'll have a helmet, I'll have me little kind of skateboard pads on my arms and my knees, but it's my crown jewels, mate, really, that I'm um, not as much use for them anymore, but I just, I still, still value oh, them, really. So, uh, too much I'm information. Get, I'm going to have to get over that mental block. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Should we talk about season ticket prices? No, it's no time. No time. We'll do it another time. Um, Matt, thanks for joining me. We said keep it half an hour, so I am going to try and do that. Thanks, everyone, for watching uh, late on a Tuesday night. We appreciate you tuning in, as always. Almost 700 people watching at half 11 on a Tuesday. That's madness. Uh, if you're catching up with this, get involved in the comment section with the debates, leave iTunes reviews, all those things as usual. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We've had a massive influx of new people watching at the moment, so um, thank you for that. If you're still watching at this point after the last couple of minutes, fair play to you. Um, we're doing a little filming session tomorrow, not with any little ex-players or anything, but kind of some end of season, best players ever and the best transfers ever and those kind of things. So we've got a busy day tomorrow. We'll do some kind of fresh content coming up over the next few days as well. It's Man United on Sunday. Hopefully another big three points for Aston Villa. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining me. I feel like I should have said something else there, but I, I, I fell over myself. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. As always, we'll see you again tomorrow for another video of some description, and then we'll be back for Man United at the weekend. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa.